morning grinders welcome to dfs pregame show here on roto grinders i'm jordan cooper aka blender ed blender hd if you want to follow me there on twitter and it's monday but we do not got we don't we don't we don't got james mccool we don't got mondays with mccool today james died over the weekend i'm just kidding james did not die he's uh he's in the middle of uh packing and stuff for his move to to tennessee so uh, he's he's in the middle of taking care of stuff. So no James today. I don't know if that is that a good thing. Is that a bad thing? Last week we talked all about esports for no apparent reason. So maybe that's a good thing for some people, or maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe people wanted to talk about esports for no no apparent reason. But he got me. He got me as, as usual. Right. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit hit the hit the thummy thumbs. Hit the notification bell. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the whatever hit whatever button you want. I see you guys in the YouTube chat. Shane Newman, Infamous Tuck, Suki Singh, Jared Figus, Alex Santi, Joe Adamo, Trey, Daniel Hutchins, right? We'll talk about NBA today, I guess. What, there's a four-game slate. There's four games, right? After, I, I, I've been gone for, what, five days? So I didn't play any of the NFL over the weekend. Apparently, it's the greatest weekend of football ever. And I missed it. I missed it all. Uh, even, even the game last night with the, the Bills Chiefs, right? I was, I, was, I was busy watching something else. Uh, apparently 25 points in the last two minutes of the game. I was, I was, I was looking on Twitter or whatever. I didn't have any lineups, right? I didn't have any Gabe Davis. I didn't got anything. So it didn't really matter that much to me. Uh, but, uh, but I hope, hope, hope you guys did well, right? You're not in my contest, right? I didn't play. So maybe you guys did well. Uh, but we got, we got NBA today and I, I come back after what? Five or five days not playing DFS and apparently half the league is out. What, what's going on? But I come back to this and like, it seems like half the Bulls are out. The Suns, the it's all these teams have people out. The Pelicans is, is Ingram out, right? What I like doing, especially on, on, on Roto Grinders, first thing I do is obviously I load up the lineup HQ so I can see the projections. But I like looking at the injury report. We have the situation room here. If you're a premium member, you get this. Uh, and it just shows, you know, who's in, who's out, what the status are, right? Gobert is doubtful. Right. If, if Gobert is out, if Whiteside doesn't return, then Azubuke will help a lot of center, while Amir, Gay, and Pascal will help there too. So you get a little, little uh, overview kind of of uh, the injury situations on the slate, what you should be looking out for, as well as uh, Meansy's core plays, which is not really like a plays article. It's not. It's the lay of the land. I like calling it the lay of the land. What we know, who is out, who's doubtful, what's going on, what we don't know. Who's on the second night of a back-to-back? You know, kind of like what? What should we expect? Are these guys going to play? They're not going to play. Is Go Is Conley going to sit on a back-to-back? Right. All this talk over here. The core questions. What does tonight's slid look like from a big picture perspective? Like we don't have in our projections Levine or Javante Green in for the Bulls, but maybe Levine comes back. Maybe comes back and they'll be added to the projections. So it's kind of I get a sense of why the projections look the way that they do. So I like I like looking through and saying, okay, this is this is what I should be looking out for. Obviously, it's NBA; things change spur of the moment. But uh, some of the stuff that we sh- we should be looking out for throughout the course of the day before lock, right? We got we got a seven o'clock lock, and it's all kind of spaced out, right? We got a seven o'clock game, then we got a two eights and a nine, and it seems like the first game on the slate is the one with the least amount of news, right? The and the and the least project. I mean, maybe the lowest on game. On the slate, I see Nick's calves, and then I take a look at the salary adjusted value, and I realize I don't see Nick's calves in, in on the top, right? I don't see much. 
Watch this happen. We go to that game, sort by game. We go to the Knicks. Like, it looks like the Knicks don't project all that well, right? At all, right? Like, the Knicks don't project well. A 98-point total, the Cavs, they don't project that well for their prices either. Take a chance at Kevin Love for 21 minutes, maybe. Right? You take a look here, you see poor RGV, poor smash, right? The Knicks, right? Even worse. Right, Emmanuel quickly in 23 minutes. Can he get there? Right. So then we go to go to like OKC. It's like, okay, got SGA projecting well. Right. And then we got to go to the Bulls, assuming everyone that's supposed to be out is out. DeRozan, Cook, and Vooch. Right. Kobe White's a little overpriced at 7,000, but you never know. Right. You go through the Indianapolis, you go to the, the Pacers with Sabonis out. But I mean, kind of the price is like Goga's 6,200. So it's like the prices have adjusted for that. Jeremy Lamb, I guess, off the bench for 24 minutes. He projects decently. We don't know if Karis Levert. Obviously, things will change if Levert is out and not questionable. Then we go to the Pelicans, right? And we just take we take a look. Okay, the Pelicans look. Okay, it looks like Pelicans are the, are the team that we may be playing a bunch of, right? Because you got Herbert Jones, Jonas Valanciunas, Garrett Temple, right? Devontae Graham, depending on if he's in. Nikhil Alexander Walker. Right, these 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 numbers here. Okay, so I, I'm looking at the Pelicans, then the Jazz. The Jazz, it's just basically like Trent Forrest, and it all depends on whether or not, uh, like Mike Connolly, is in or Hassan Whiteside. Right, I mean, like we already we're having Whiteside for 24 minutes currently. Doesn't mean you can't play him. I mean, he's he's okay, but it's all these these secondary players, and they have enough bodies here. That if all these guys play, I mean, like, like all the minutes will be kind of spread out. I guess Trent Forrest. I mean, is, can he get there? Maybe. Then we can look at Phoenix with Crowder and Payne are out, right? So that's why Cameron Johnson is kind of like popping. But they don't project all that badly either, right? And you got Booker, Paul, Biombo, who's apparently now playing more, more center than, uh, than, than McGee with, with Aiton out. So we got a nice little slate here. So we kind of know where the chalk's going to go as, as of this moment. So we may see we may see a bunch of Chicago. Chicago, okay, I, I, I would guess an SGA lineup. You play SGA on one side, and you play like DeRozan, Vucevic, Cook, you know, some some type of two two of these guys to contain it to one game. Like that that would that would be a kind of a chalkier build. Then like if the Pelicans project decently, but the Pacers really don't. I don't know who you'd play on the Pacers. If uh, only if Levert's out. If Levert's out, then then the pace, then we, we're good. Then we can start playing Pacers because these guys are going to start coming up. There's all this usage from uh, Levert is going to go somewhere. Probably Duarte, Lance Stevenson, a little bit more. Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb. We'll, we'll get we'll get some, we'll get something here. But like Levert at 8700 is. Hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. I guess you could play Jeremy Lamb. I guess so. But I'm just like, I'm just going through. This is, this is a first look, right? This is, I mean, it's not like I looked at this beforehand, right? Just open up the windows, take a look, see, you know, see who's questionable in the projections. Graham, Whiteside, Levert, Rondo. Is Rondo going to matter? No. Connolly's going to matter. I don't think Kemba's going to matter anymore. Just get a sense. Can you build lineups now? No, you can't. You don't know, no idea what's going on. People, people sometimes show up to these shows. 
Oh, should I play this guy or this guy? I, what the hell do we, we don't know anything yet. If everything stays the way it is, then maybe I can answer the question. But it, nothing ever stays the way it is in NBA. Nothing does. Joe Adamo says I had all five 50-50s cash yesterday. Well, congratulations. Matthew B had a had a CJ plus Fred Van Vliet slack from yesterday. I, apparently they did well yesterday, did they? Or over the weekend or whatever. I have not played uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, five days of DFS. I, I did not play. I was out, I was out in Washington, D.C. I was on, I was on vacation. So no, I have no idea what's been going on. So I didn't play NFL over the weekend and I didn't play NBA since then. Crazy Mick said, uh, can Levert and Lamb correlate positively in the same lineup? At Lamb's price, I don't see why not. I mean, obviously, assuming that that Levert is in. Right. Well, what's the, what's the starting line? What's the starting lineup for the Pacers look like now? Does Lamb and Levert, do they play in the court at the same time? So, what is this? So, is it Levert? Who starts for this? I mean, I can obviously bring up the starting lineups. Let's take a look. NBA starting lineups. You get this at Roto Grinders. This is free. The starting lineups page. Yeah, he comes off the bench. And look, look at who he's competing with. No, no one. Craig, I don't care about. Justin Holiday, Duarte. No, Lamb could be fine. Because Lamb, Lamb could obviously play with like Holiday and Dwight. Like, he could play in the closing unit. And he's only 4K. Jeremy Lamb was 6,000. Maybe that's a different story. So, yeah, you could play. And it's a four-game slate also. Also, also it's a four-game slate. If it was an 11-game slate, probably, I probably wouldn't do it. Not because of the cor- positive or negative correlation or anything like that, just that there are more options now. Like to play Levert and Lamb together, like, how many other players can be played in those slots from other teams? On an 11-game slate, you have a, you can play in the other 4K options. You play other, but there's going to be multiple guys in the 8,000s at point guard, shooting guard that you could play instead of Levert that are projected similarly. On a four-game slate, how many, how many players do you have to choose from? Not as much. The opportunity cost is lower. So Lamb and Levert are, 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 are definitely negatively correlated, but not by... I don't think about that, that dramatically. And at Lamb's price at 4000 I don't think it matters that much. To me, Lavert is the problem. Lavert at 8700 is... I don't think he plays more than 30... Like, like we have him at 32 minutes. Like, is he the type of guy that should play 38 minutes? Well, I guess so. He played 38 against Phoenix, right? 30-34 against the Clippers. I don't know what the score of that game was. Look at the Lakers. He played 28. Did they blow him out or something? He only played 28 minutes. Well, he's played 37 against Chicago, 39. So maybe we're a little light on 32. 30, yeah. Maybe he plays more than 32. Maybe we bump him up later in the day. You push, you push him to 34 minutes, and he's, he's not bad. You push him to 30, like you push him to like 36 minutes, and he's at 43.85. Then it, then it becomes a better play. I'd be more inclined to play someone like a Levert if I was playing Pelicans in my life. Okay? Both sides of the game, close game, goes over, maximum minutes. So if I were to play Levert at, you know, a, a kind of a raised price, 
I'd be more inclined to play Valanchunas, Herbert Jones, Garrett Temple, Devontae Graham, you know, if not Devontae Graham, to kill Alexander Walker. I'd be more likely, especially if people are going to be playing some of these, these Pelicans. Uh, so if you got any questions, feel free to post them in the YouTube chat about anything. It doesn't matter. Esports, even though I don't know anything about esports. It'll be a short show today. What, what, what can I review? I didn't play. Gabe Davis. Did you have Gabe Davis yesterday? That's the review. If you didn't have Gabe Davis, you lost, right? Or whatever. You probably still catch without Gabe Davis. He wasn't that old. Because there's not, nothing much more for me to talk about. If uh, people don't got any questions, I got the game solved. Everyone learned everything. So if you want to learn more, you could, you could join our Roto-Grinders Discord. Join my channel. In the Roto Grinders Discord, Blender's Game Theory. The Discord, in and of itself, you could join for nothing. Okay. You could just sign up for Roto Grinders, just a regular, regular old Roto Grinders account, which is free. Join the Discord, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. There are some free channels in there, right? The freebie people, the cheapos. Then we have premium channels for every sport and every, everything. And my channel's premium, Blender's Game Theory. You could ask any question about DFS strategy, you could post them there. And then uh, about once a week, we do group coaching calls over Zoom. You could, you could get on video with me and ask whatever you want. Talk about your own play. We do screen sharing. People show their own Excel stuff and their roto trackers and everything. Typically, we have anywhere from 20 to 60 people in there. The next one is Thursday night. So Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. But you can only join if you're part of the Roto-Grinders premium Discord. So you have to, you have to be a Roto-Grinders premium member. doesn't matter. It, doesn't, it could be all the sports, one sport. As long, as long as you're premium in something, you'll get access to that channel. Uh, Alex asks, we just talked about negative correlation, but how, does, how small does a slate have to be to use the stack tool? Now you can use the stack tool for anything. As I've always said about that, that since we've done the stacks tool in NBA, the stacks tool should be used as an easier way for you to make groups, not as like this is what why you should be playing at stacks. So, for instance, if I am play, if I'm playing, let's say, Pacers and Pelicans, and you're like, I I only want to play. Uh, if I play Pacers in my lineups, I want Pelicans in my lineups. Now, you could set up groups that are like, if Jeremy Lamb's in the lineup, play one of these eight Pelicans or play two up to three of these Pelicans. If I have Levert in this line, you could create groups for like all these players, right? Conditional groups. If Lamb, if Goga, if Levert, if Justin Holiday, if Chris Duarte, like that's a pain in the ass. Right, so I, I, I could go, I could go like what, what we talked about before, right, with Levert, right? I'd go here, Levert as the conditional, and then I have to start listing off all, here's Herbert Jones, here's Valanchunas. I'd have to start adding all the, all the Pacers, all the, the Pelicans, and then set like a max, you know, minimum one, maximum four, or whatever, whatever. That's a pain in the ass to do that. Like, you have to make multiple groups like that. You have to type in all the names, okay? So instead of doing that, you go to the stacks page, add the primary stack, you just go any, right? Team one, 
Team one is the Pacers, right? So I just checkbox the Pacers. Any one Pacer, team two, use two Pelicans, right? And I want that in 25% of my lines or whatever. Whatever that, now I'm done, right? Let's say I wanted 100%, just make it easy, right? There you go, right? I go to build rules. Let's let's just build 20 lineups to, for 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 uh, for ease for for simplicity sake, right? So instead of making that group, I'm just like, oh, if I play a pacer, I get two pelicans. Then just build 20 lineups, and this is what you should see: Jeremy Lamb, Temple Valanciunas, right? Lamb, Temple Valanciunas. Obviously, we have no randomness, no nothing is going to be the, just the top projected lineups. Here's Valanciunas, Herbert Jones, right? Levert, Jones, Valanciunas. See, so the stacks tool just makes it easier for you to do something like that. You're not just, oh, I'm just stacking games. Because NBA DFS, the correlation isn't worth like playing in that manner. I use the stacks tool as a way to do this. An easier way than doing groups. Imagine you did this for multiple teams. You'd have you'd have 20 groups and have to constantly have put eight guys in every group. And you'd, you'd, you'll be spending five to 10 minutes just on setting up groups. If you wanted to do it that way. If you wanted to have groups. Game stacks, like this, this interface, dude, I could just do it like that. I, and I could do it multiple ways. So let's say I'm going to add this. So I could do I could do the same type of stack, right? So I'm going to do Indianapolis, right? Let's say 1-1, 25%. Let's say I only, I only want, like, let's say I only want one pacer in my line. But if I have a pacer, I want anywhere from one, from one to four Pelicans, let's just say. So I could set this up four different times, right? Let's say I want 25% in all of them, whatever, whatever you want, right? So you see here, I got, when I have one pacer in the lineup and 25% of my lineups, I want one on the other side with Pelicans or two, 25% with two, 25% with three, 25% with four. 20 lineups, so I should get four line. I should get five lineups of each. All right, so I go here. So here's my pacer, and here's Jonas Valanciunas, just one. All right? I have one pacer. I have two pelicans. One pacer, one pelican. Do we have probably the lower part here? Here's one. Levert with four pelicans, right? Here's four pelicans with Jeremy Lamb. Four Pelicans with Jeremy Lamb, right? I'm not saying you should build these lineups necessarily with four Pels. But this is so much easier to control with the stats interface than by making groups that do this. And let's say you want it in the second, let's say in addition to this, let me, I didn't put in 25%. Let's say in addition to this, we go, we go to the player pool and we take a look at OKC, like it's shy and like not much else. So if I have shy in my lineup, maybe I want to have multiple bulls. 
one or two bulls. Let's see if that's possible. So you go to the stacks interface, you could do that in the second game stack. So let's say Pels, uh, OKC, right? It's shy pretty much. One, one, 50%. There you go, one, two. Make sure it's OKC, 50%. Let's see if this fits in. Let's see if we could do this. Let's see if we, hopefully we don't get an error. Salary-wise, this could happen, okay? So here we go. Shy, DeMar DeRozan, Lamb. So we get the one Pacer, two Pelicans. Then we get the OKC and Chicago. Let's see if we can find two Chicago players in the lineup. Go all the way to the bottom. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know if two could fit in with our other, other stack rule. Yeah, I don't think so. Let's let's get rid of let's get rid of that. The, let's see, one 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 two one three. Let's get rid of this one. Oh, because I didn't put. Okay, there you go. Now, now we can do it. Twenty-five, twenty-five, twenty-five. Let's do. Let's make this all equal to a hundred. Right, 100, 100. Okay, now let's do it. So you should get Pacers, one Pacer with up to three Pelicans, in addition to have one OKC player with at least one or two Bulls in our lineups. Now we should get the two. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, DeRozan, Vucevic with Shai, Lamb with Temple and, jo and, and Jonas. Right, go through here. So this is an easier way. Using the stacks interface is just an easier way than using groups that you'd be doing with, with the groups function. It's not something you just go in and go, oh, that, that, this is what I wanted. Like, oh, I'm not going to look at anything like baseball. Right, baseball, you, sometimes you don't even look at the lineup HQ player for the screen. Just like, oh, I'm just going to stack eight teams. And, right? Because most likely you're not stacking the Knicks Cleveland, but their projections are so low. I mean, you can. Your lineups are going to be projected fairly poorly. I don't know. I'm not even sure you're going to get enough of an ownership discount on it. But it's for those examples where it's like, well, if I play one guy, I want to have a guy from the other side of the game or two guys from the other side of the game. Before, before our stacks interface, you'd have to do that all in player groups. It's just easier to do in the stacks interface. Chandra's asks, uh, does the stacks tool allow a range? No, no. That's what that, why do you think I set up, you know, two, you know, here's one, one, here's one, two. And obviously this doesn't have to add up to 100%. Like if I just put it at 25 and 25, that means in 25% in of my lineups, I'll get one, two, 25, I get one, one, and the other 50% is whatever fits, doesn't matter. There's no rule for that. So you don't have to be restricted. It has to be all of your lines, unless you want it to be. Like I said, this is not how you build NBA DFS lines. This is an interface for you to accomplish something that you would have done previously with player groups and do it easier. That's it. So I could see a lot of you Never touching this whatsoever. 
never touch it. I always have to say this because I'm gonna get I'm gonna get three DMs and five messages about using the stacks tool in NBA. What's the best way to what should I play these stacks or that stacks? It's like that's not how you play NBA DFS. There's not enough correlation that you care about game stacks or team stacks or anything like that. That that should be the primary focus of how you play. This is the, this is the thing that you do at the very end. This is you've already built and build 2,000 lineups, and you have to get rid of some. And you're like, which lineup should I keep? Well, if I had a tiebreaker between these two, I'd rather have guys from both sides of the game. Oh, okay, there you go. Like, that's that's at the level where this is at. Bjorn Hagen, can you talk about NFL showdown captain exposure? Field is moving more towards skill position captain. Is quarterback captain still bad at lower ownership? But there's no such thing as good or bad. It depends on the slate. It depends on the salary. It depends on everything. So no, I would suggest go to theoryofdfs.com. There's a 15-hour course that I that I put, put out. It would be very, very beneficial if you go through the fundamentals of DFS strategy and game theory. That would be easier to answer the question. You'll know that good or bad is doesn't exist. But that question doesn't make any sense. Is it still bad at low? No, it if the quarterback is $25,000 in salary, yes, it's bad. The quarterback is $1,000 in salary. Do it. Sure. Yeah, he's way underpriced. Like, those, those are the things. That, what, are, what are the variables? Those are the things that matter. <sighs> but where do we get the uh, – Alex asked about the ownership discount. Is it more valuable to over-leverage on these smaller slates? It depends on the contest that you're playing. The smaller the slate, the less of an opportunity cost that you're you're getting from not playing players. So yes, I'm I'm I'm. It's easier to get. Okay, this is the, this is the better way of putting it. On an eleven game slate, it's easier to get contrarian because you could find tons of two percent owned players that are actually decent. But the opportunity cost of like the the best value plays are very high, right? Here, it's much lower. Like, guys, like, what I'm saying is, like, based on our projections right here, guys like Cameron Johnson, Trent Forrest, and Tyler Cook are going to be way, way over-owned. Much more owned than than they probably should be if it was an 11-game slate. So don't necessarily feel compelled at these these projections to have to play them. Now, obviously, if the salary adjusted value plus minus, which is what RGV is, was 15 on a guy, even on a four-game slate, you're probably jamming. But the difference between, if we take a look at, at even at even at the same salary, let's sort by salary. So we go down to where where Cam Johnson is. Let's scroll, scroll, scroll. So here's Cam Johnson. The difference between Cam Johnson. And Kenrich Williams, let's let's put let's put that into is is about seven points. What's the ownership difference going to be? But it looks like about three to one. I don't think Kenrich Williams is even going to be this old. But you'd look you'd look at the difference between the two: three point seven four to three point six two. So that's about seven, what six and a half. No, no, it's a little over seven points, seven and a half points. So that, that's how much you're giving up. 
Can you find other guys in these types of ranges? Jackson Hayes, Jeremy Lamb. I mean, obviously Lamb. But like Rudy Gay. Let's take a look at Rudy Gay. The difference between Cam Johnson and Rudy Gay is about five points. Almost six, five to six points. Most likely, Cam Johnson, at the current extent, we have him at 30% owned right now. I mean, this is obviously early in the day. He could easily end up being 45% owned and Rudy Gay being 8% owned. Like, that gap will widen. So then it makes it much more viable to just, like, don't play Cameron Johnson, play Rudy Gay instead. Right? All these guys on smaller slates that have, that are, especially if they're cheap, that come out as, you know, the best projected point-per-dollar plays, unless they're, like, they're smash-smash plays, you know, RGBs of 10-plus or whatever. Like, the only difference between Cameron Johnson and 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 Bismack Biombo or whatever is three points, is a, is a three-pointer. That's it. Is a bucket and a rebound. That's it. That's the only difference. So, yes, over the long run, yeah. A bucket and a rebound is going to matter over the long run. But in one a one game sample size of a slate, do you need to play them? No. Especially in GPP. I could see a lineup that has neither Cam Johnson, Trent Forrest, or Tyler Cook in it winning. Why not? They are the best projected plays on the slate, but they're, they're not. I mean, look at the smash percentages. 40, 40%? 46%? 55% of the time, they don't hit a score where it's like you need to have it. But the field is most likely going to treat it as if, like, I got to play a ton of these guys. So it's easier to get different on these slates. It's easier, okay, the better way of putting it, it's easier to know how to get different on these smaller slates than on the larger slates. Obviously, on a larger slate, it's easier to get different. There's more options. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, we got some, we got some, we got some spam in the chat. Getting rid of it. Getting rid of the spam. But yes, Alex, for uh, what, a little bit over a thousand entrants. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care about being over, over leveraged on, on, a, on this small of a slate. On a larger slate, yeah, maybe, maybe you'd be a little bit concerned. You don't have to get eight, 1% on guys. On a on a an eleven game slate. Here it's almost impossible to just avoid some owned players. I wouldn't just X out like I'm just going to X out the top ten guys and then run a lineup. I probably wouldn't do that. But it's these types of guys: the Cameron Johnsons, Trent Forrest, Tyler Cooks, Herbert Jones, Jeremy Lamb. I don't think I don't think they're necessary. Like the the low fantasy point per minute type of guys. It's like, oh well, Trent Forrest is going to play thirty two minutes, and maybe do nothing. Right? We have his meeting at twenty three points, which is great for third for three thousand. But let's say it's fourteen. Like that's still well within the range of outcomes. If it's fourteen, probably 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 is not in the winning lineup. Right? Garrett Temple. Like these are very low fantasy point per minute players. If I'm going to play a cheaper guy that's not the chalk, I'd rather take shots on guys like like a Rudy Gay, guy that that could walk into more minutes and ha- and actually does something. Right, I'm looking down here. 
Like if Jonas gets into foul trouble, Jackson Hayes, he could walk. He's a fantasy point per minute. He's one plus fantasy point per minute. I'd rather take shots on those guys, those types of players. Kenrich Williams. I'd rather take shots on those guys than, than a chalk guy. Like Cameron Johnson is, has a decent FPPM. But like Trent Forrest at the shooting, I mean, he's going to be popular because he's at the shooting guard position. That doesn't look all that that attractive today. Because the difference between Forrest's projection and someone else that, you know, in that range is like three, four points, five points. I'll sacrifice five points on a four-game slate. Would I fade all of them? Probably not. Depends. Obviously, we're looking at we're looking at projections and stuff. It's eleven thirty in the morning, right? People could be back, right? Levine could be back. It could ruin some of the Chicago stuff, right? It'll change everything. Would I play Rondo over Temple? Well, Rondo's questionable. It all it all depends on. I mean, eighteen minutes. They're two different games. I have no idea. Depends on the rest of your lineup. Rondo isn't going to be owned, so I, what, do I, what do I care? The point that I'm making has nothing to do with the players. It has to do with the ownership. What is the difference between Trent Forrest and Rajon Rondo, for instance? Rondo projects for seven points lower. Obviously, he's a good fantasy point-per-minute player. If I was if I was to have eight of the chalkiest players in my lineup, I'd rather take out Forrest and play Rondo. But I'm not going to play a lineup like X out the top ten projected players and then play Rondo. Like players don't matter, lineups matter. There's a one thousand entry contest, like Alex is, is is asking about. How much of a need is there to play these three K, four K guys that are going to be? 50 to 60% up. That's the key. That the last part. 50 to 60% up. Trent Forrest at 87% owned or Rondo at 2% owned. Rondo at 2% owned. He's, I mean, that's that's there's no question be, about it. I'll take Rondo at 2%. Trent Forrest at 36% owned or Rondo at, at 14% owned. Well, now that now I don't know that's that's closer. So it's not about the players; it's about the ownership. Do I want to play low fantasy point per minute players at high ownership when they don't even project? They they they're not they don't project so dramatically over. If Cameron Johnson projected for seven hundred points today, then you play. But what happens if he's one hundred percent owned? Well, then you. He should be 100%. That's the point. Cameron Johnson today may be, we have him currently at 30. He may come in at 70% ownership. But we don't know. It's like seven and a half hours away. Should he be 70% owned on the slate? No, he shouldn't. I can tell you that just, I mean, if, as long as the projections don't change, at his current projection, he should not be 70% owned which means you're better off not having him in your lineup. If Cameron Johnson is only 10% owned, I'd probably have him in every lineup because now he's under-owned. I'll take the $3,900 player 
that projects for nearly 7X. At a small forward position, that may be weak today. Or power forward. I actually, maybe power forward is the weak position today. Yeah, power forward is weak today. Right? That's going to cause, I mean, if we take a look at just this power forward position. Okay, well, DeRoz, okay, DeRozan will take up that spot. Okay, so people are going to pay up or pay down. Right? DeRozan, Johnson, Cook, Jones. Okay. It's, not, it's weak past, past that. Take a look at the center position. Right, people play, people play Vooch, Jonas. They'll jam Cook in there or something. Let's take a look at small forward. I guess small forward maybe. Yeah, small forward is the weak position. Shooting guard. Yeah, small forward. Yeah, because small forward will be weak, and then people will jam in uh, Cameron Johnson. And Jeremy Lamb and Garrett Temple, and then we'll just start. Then Kenrick Williams barely gets any ownership, or not enough. Rudy Gay, Isaac Okoro, who's horrible, but why not take why not take a shot on Okoro over over a, a ridiculously over over on Cameron Johnson? I mean, you could say that about anyone here. I mean, none of these guys project well. Dort play Dort play Hart play. I mean, play anyone. But I think that's the reason why Cameron Johnson is going to be super owned, more owned than 30%. As of these as of the current situation, five hours from now, Levine's in, this guy's out, Whiteside's out, and this thing, and then everything changes. Bjorn Hagen, would you rather play a high fantasy points per minute guy who could fall into more minutes or a low fantasy points per minute guy who could secure the same projection and ownership? Uh, personally, uh, the, the, the correct answer is it doesn't matter. That's correct. Mathematically, it doesn't matter. Uh, in reality, though, I'm more inclined, doesn't mean I do, just more inclined personally to play the guy that, that is more productive. There, To me, for GPPs, it depends if you're playing cash or GPP. If you're playing cash, take the minutes. Typically, typically you side with the minutes in cash because you're not looking to come in first place. You're just looking to beat half the field. But for GPP, it's to me, there's more upside in a guy that could walk into more minutes. It's very unlike that a guy that already gets all the minutes is going to walk into more usage without someone getting injured or something like that, right? The guy that plays 38 minutes and sits in the corner, what's their, what's, how, do they, how do they end up with more than what their median projected? They shoot hot, I guess, right? Oh, he's shooting hot from three, and they're constantly giving him the ball. That happens once in a blue moon. But he's already playing 38 minutes. He's not going to play 40. He's already playing 38. And he already has a garbage projection. He already has a projection of 25 because he barely does anything. He'll get some rebounds. He'll get a couple of shots. He'll take six shots a game. I mean, like, he doesn't do that much. He just stands around. Torrey Craig plays defense. Stuff like that. So how, how many ways does that guy have to walk into 50-plus points, fantasy points? Not much. The guy that plays 18 minutes, 20 minutes off the bench. So he plays 20 minutes off. The, he has the same projection as 25 points, right, as the guy that plays 38 minutes. Only because his 20 minutes 
you know, he, he gets closer to the basket. He's, he, you know, he's Bobby Portis type, right? He gets the ball. He's dunking it. He's rebounds. He's getting, you know, because he's part of the second unit, right? So he's getting a lot of the usage. Well, depending on the starters, depending on the situation in the game, if the guy that's projected for 20 minutes, let's say he walks into 26 minutes. Well, now, now he's going to, the extra six minutes, now he's going to have that flame emoji. Let's say he walks into 32, right? Someone has foul trouble. Maybe the game blows out. Who knows? The 20-minute guy with a high usage and a high, you know, fantasy point per minute walking into 32 minutes is a, is, a, is maybe in the winning lineup at that point. The guy that's already playing 38 minutes, how does, how does that guy get 50-plus fantasy points? So at the same projection, same ownership, same whatever, a much more likely to uh, decide with the, the guy with the, the higher usage. Just understanding that his, his results are going to be much, much higher variance. Right, because he could play 16 minutes and then miss a bunch of shots and he's sitting there with 10 fantasy points. And the guy that played 38 minutes is sitting there with 22 fantasy points. Right, because he's on the court at least more often. But for GPP, we want to embrace variance. But if they're technically, if they're saying the same projection, if they technically had the same projection, which means their distribution curve looked exactly the same and had the same ownership, it wouldn't matter. The, 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 the mathematical choice would mean it means nothing. Personally, the question that you're asking should be 37th on the list of what you should be doing for DFS. But when, when, you, when you first solve the first 36 questions, then you could wonder about that. Most most people, most average DFS players, what they get wrong about DFS is that they care about things that should be like 58th on their list and they don't do the top five. Like they they ignore the top five things to do and they 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 look at the 58th thing and oh well, how about this and how about that and how about this? And then they have no fundamental grasp of how to play DFS. And then why am I losing? I'm trying to pick the best players. And you go, yeah, yeah, that now you, you've highlighted exactly why you're losing because you're trying to pick the best players. Okay. Give me some thumbs ups on your way out the door. Thummy thumbs, subscribe button. If you're new here, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. As always, you can get all this stuff, uh, you know, the, the 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 projections, the articles, the Discord, the everything, the Roto Grinders premium. Subscription, rotogrinders.com slash premium. And uh, if you want to hear me talk about all the fundamental concepts of daily fantasy sports, how to think like a professional DFS player, 15 hours, nice structured, structured format. Go to theoryofdfs.com. Doesn't matter what the sport is. NBA, doesn't matter. NBA, NFL. DFS is DFS. The game theory applies to anything, any sport, any anything. So theoryofdfs.com. We're back to a normal schedule, right? I'll be I'll I'll, I'll be back tomorrow. I'm not I'm not going to be here on Friday. Okay, so we're back to an almost normal schedule. So uh, we'll we'll go over this four game slate and, and results DB uh, tomorrow. And uh, because we still we got NBA, it's going to be NBA time. Hopefully, baseball. Hopefully, there is a baseball season. I'd rather do baseball. I prefer MLB DFS to NBA DFS. But we'll be surviving with NBA for the next uh, two two months, 
two and a half months. Hopefully not. Hopefully, hopefully not for longer than that. Uh, but uh, but I'll see you tomorrow. And uh, answering your DFS strategy questions as always on the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com. Mm-hmm.